Welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast. I'm Danny Sheriff, your host, certified fertility awareness practitioner, functional nutrition counselor, and founder of the HA Society, and of course, an HA recovery coach who has walked where you currently are walking. This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice. So please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not only is this the perfect community to ask questions and get your support and the accountability that you so often need during these uphill battles with body image and understanding nutrition and incorporating exercise, but it's also a hub of exclusive resources for HAs. All of the HA podcast episodes are released in advance and completely ad-free, so you can listen on the go to the raw, unedited versions, uninterrupted. All of the one-on-one coaching calls, of which we have two a week in different time zones, are uploaded to our private podcast feed so that you can listen to events with practitioners and the past community calls as though they were bonus podcast episodes, because I know how much you love to listen to this kind of stuff. And in these calls, we cover requested topics like overcoming the weight gain fears, communicating with friends and family about our HA, diving into how HA works, and debunking the imposter syndrome that so many of us have around this diagnosis. There's also an entire resources section with lectures, workshops, and training from the past events that are hosted by experts like Sarah Liz King, Laura Lyons, Kaylee McDevitt, Holly Dunn, and many more. As a member, you also get direct access to myself and Coach Ashley in the DMs. So if you have personal questions or need individualized advice about your recovery, we're in there answering your questions in the DMs, as are all of our other members in the group who impress me week after week with how they show up for each other. It's incredible. It's like women are just all becoming mini coaches for each other. It's so good. The HA Society is really the place to be if you're going through recovery, no matter what stage you're at. Whether you have HA or you've got a few recovery periods, we have your back and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join and the link is in the show notes for you okay on with the show hey guys okay welcome to the third edition of the vlogmas q a sort of replays it's now ages past christmas but that's okay there's more to come of this guys we're only into like i don't know like episode 10 or 11 or something of questions so there's more to come so i really hope you're enjoying this series um and if you want more of these kinds of things definitely head over to the youtube but without further ado let's jump into the first question shall we 
This very first question is about insomnia and sleep problems and HA, kind of like what to expect with that and those types of symptoms when you're going through recovery. Let's take a look. I was wondering if insomnia can prevent HA recovery. I feel like I've been doing everything else right, resting, eating, increased body fat percentage, normal range, etc. But for the past month, I have really struggled to sleep. Some nights I only manage four hours. I have a good bedtime routine, but I have gotten stuck in this loop after a break-in and increased stress. My last blood test showed much better numbers than before. Finally, normal range, FSH and LH and prolactin, low end of normal estrogen, but increased, but still no period. And I haven't been able to track basal body temperature because I haven't been sleeping for five hours consecutively. Yeah, damn. I also know it could just be a waiting game since I haven't, since I didn't have my period for four years. I was on the birth control pill and I didn't realize. So I'm, so my body has a long way to build back from and construct a proper uterine lining. Sophie, I feel like you've been listening to me for a while. <laughs> I, you can just tell when people have, because they'll like answer your questions for you and, and they'll bring up the points that, you know, I also feel like are most important. So I love it. Talk from, from school, the university of Danny. Okay. Insomnia. So it's often with many of these things, it's like a chicken or the egg thing. Are you stressed? So you're not sleeping or are you not sleeping? Wait, are you stressed because you're not sleeping or are you not sleeping? And is that making you stressed? And that conundrum makes a whole lot of sense. That is something that would be worth looking into. So I would figure out like, okay, first of all, when you're not sleeping, what are you doing and thinking about? Are you ruminating on specific issues or are you literally just like staring at the ceiling? Nothing's stressing you out. You just can't fall asleep because there's clues there. So if it is the former and there's an issue on your mind, it's probably more stress causing uh, trouble with sleeping not necessarily, but it could be. And then if you feel like everything's fine, I'm super bored, I'm just not falling asleep, um, then there is probably something going on hormonally with you too. It could absolutely have something to do with being in recovery and having these changes going on in your hormonal profile, essentially. But it could also be more, um, when we're not sleeping, when it's food related, okay, so you, you mentioned here, you know, I have been resting and increasing food and I have increased my body fat percentage to a normal range, etc. I'm going to obviously take your word on all of those things, but I'm always with everyone going to say, okay, well, from what weight to what weight has it increased? What do you think is a normal body weight BMI? And when you say in a normal range BMI, is that a possible indicator that you feel like so I shouldn't have to gain any more weight because like this is a normal quote-unquote BMI for me. Because if any of those are playing a role in why you feel like um, this isn't working, that might be a part of the issue. So when we're hungry, we see this. We see this in the fasting research, right? That when we're hungry, sleep suffers. We have this in human trials. We have this in rat studies that when we are sleep when we are sleep deprived we uh, especially in women in female rats they saw this experience a higher level of alertness and more nighttime activity 
which is super interesting. When we're not in starvation, when we're not fasting, that goes away. So possibly blood sugar is not being balanced. Possibly overall calories are still too low. Um, so I would suggest that based on the, the research that you looked into that. I know you're actually a member of this society. So send me a message or reply to the email and let's talk about it. Tell me a little bit about um, more stats. Height, weight, how long does it take you to get to that weight? Um, what stories, if any, do you maybe have around that weight? As in, and I shouldn't have to gain X amount because I'm pretty sure it's enough because I believe this, that, and the other. Like, give it all to me. I think it's really, really helpful. Um, this is where something where like a little bit of coaching is going to come into play probably just to really get to the bottom of this. Now, if we discover that you are just checking every box, there's no challenges here whatsoever, you're not still a little bit hungry or your blood sugar is not still out of whack, meaning you may want to introduce more carbohydrates or something like that. If we are finding that you're just checking all the boxes, um, it could be worth going to the doctor. Uh, I don't know how long you've been struggling with the sleep, but getting a sleep uh, sleep study done, things like that, just to see um, if it's not related to your HA recovery. If you feel really strongly like this symptom is happening with your HA recovery and it's, it's totally linked, I would give it more time. I would increase food a little bit as an experiment as a minimum. Look, I know you feel like you've already done a lot of those changes. It can't hurt as an experiment to see what happens for a few nights if you increase food intake closer to bedtime. Um, and it's interesting, right? Because we also have research that says you shouldn't eat closer to bedtime because of yada yada and blah, blah, blah. But we see in practice it helps with sleep outcomes. So everybody's different and it can be really helpful for you to experiment with yourself. See what happens when you tweak something instead of just like getting to a certain point and being like, okay, well, I'm not willing to experiment with anything else because I'm scared, you know? I hope that helped. Okay, the next couple of questions are two for one, um, where we talk about progesterone challenges, things like that, but just two listeners kind of share more about their story. I felt like they were similar, so I answer them both at once. So I'll let the questions talk for themselves. Enjoy. I feel like these two questions are similar and they both came in yesterday, so I'm going to knock them out. The first one is from Julia. Hi, I've been listening to your podcast for a while now and it did help me a lot in my recovery process, but I'm still in progress. So thank you so much for that. I don't know where to ask the listener questions, so I'm doing it here. I have been having signs of recovery for six to eight months now, lots of mucus, breast tenderness, and acne. And after a progesterone test that I did in mid-September that did lead to a week of bleeding, I am experiencing every two weeks approximately some spotting that lasts for several days each time. I do not know if it's a good sign. Maybe these questions are different. The next question is from Marion. Hey, I've had a recovery period this month after having one last month with progesterone challenge. Last month, I experienced some cervical mucus, but this month, not a lot. I did an ovulation test and they're all negative. I feel so sad that my body isn't working again. I had so much hope with this real period coming, but I must admit I didn't ovulate. What can I do to help that? I'm trying to have a baby and it feels so difficult. I know. 
when your body's just like, you're not allowed to have a baby. You know, you're just like, hey, listen, you know, I make the rules. But <clears throat> saying that, telling our body, hey, listen, I make the rules, that's what got us here in the first place. So let us take a step back and reframe a little bit here. Your body isn't, when you say I'm sad that my body isn't working again, it is working. Um, it's doing what it can with what, it, with what it's got in the capacity it can. You think of our body, think of your body as a, you're the boss, for example, maybe you're the CEO, right? You make the decisions about what the company's doing, but in this company, the workers do not care, right? They're like, look, lady, I know that these are the goals you have, but like, I have a vacation next week. I only do two meetings a day. I have a whole bunch of boundaries and I'm just not budging them for you. I don't even care if you're my boss. You know why? Because you can't fire them. <laughs> so they actually call the shots, even though you're the one making the decisions. So <clears throat> it's time to kind of shift here and be like, okay, well, what does my body really, really need? Marion, you don't share about any of the things that you've already tried naturally. You kind of just share about your progesterone challenge and um, some symptoms that you've been seeing. So in short for you, it sounds like, you know, there's more work to be done with weight gain and um, just getting comfortable with your relationship with food and with your body and this, this feeling of controlling your body. Um, Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy, this is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well. And how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA, and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, 
which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Maybe binge absolutely every podcast and YouTube video that we've ever done. Just if you haven't done that, go and start from like episode one and just work your way up and just sort of start to uncover what's going on here for you to have that baby. It's going to be best for you. And then for Julia, okay, so you have been at um, doing the recovery things. You've been having signs for six to eight months. Um, okay, but not quite getting across the line and you did pass a progesterone challenge. So here's what we know. We know that you are producing some levels of estrogen and we know that that can be done without experiencing a period, right? You can have low estrogen or even normal range estrogen and not have a period. So it's not um, super, I keep getting covered in sawdust. <clears throat> it's not super surprising that you might have signs of estrogen <clears throat> and not be getting your cycle back. Okay, we really all need to, um, this is again where we come up against a boundary where we're like, okay, I'm seeing signs of recovery and so this must be all I need to do. And so now, like, now what's happening when it's not working? And that is an interesting place to be. It's where you need to push even further. We see this all the time. You know, I actually sometimes feel um, that people who get their period back quickly but struggle to optimize it or... Um, struggle to conceive maybe which is like the same thing I guess that we, we see that a lot when it came back quickly because they get really stuck on this thought this idea that like well I got my period back doing these behaviors so these behaviors can't be the problem right but we can be doing enough to elicit hormonal activity including estrogen or including getting a, men a menstrual cycle but without them being in optimal ranges. So this sounds like where you're at, Julia, that there are some things going on, right? That you've made some huge changes and in six to eight months, your body was like, hell yeah, this is super great. Um, you even started to develop a uterine lining, which is why you passed the progesterone challenge. But this, if there's still something holding you back and you're experiencing a little bit of spotting, I would say that, yes, it's a good sign, 100%. And B, you've been experiencing this for every two weeks since September. December. It's been a long time. I get some blood work done. I check on my reproductive hormones. I do a review of my eating, right? Are you telling yourself a story that you're eating enough, but actually there's a bunch of stuff you're restricting? I check on my caffeine intake. I think that's an interesting one, possibly caffeine and or alcohol, like stimulants, things like that. Um, 
if you're spotting a lot, it could be a bunch of, it could be a few things, right? Not enough estrogen, right, to produce uterine lining. It's coming up. So look at that. Look at that. Get those tests, just see how they're going. Um, but regardless, really, of the results of that test, I would maybe do like the period recovery game planner checklist just maybe go through that and see what you are and are not doing and just make those adjustments things that come to mind are like okay my meals are more like 500 calories each and they're not really like 700 calories per meal which is probably a really good place to be little tiny things like that could be the issue um so yeah testing and stripping it back to basics guys when things get more complicated looking, when it starts to look like, hey, I've been doing this for a really long time, I'm seeing these symptoms, I think I'm really close, and you wanna start thinking like, this might be more complex than I thought, how can I uh, look into this, yada yada, bring it back to basics. Review from the beginning, what are you doing? Because your first version of going into recovery actually might look really different to your second version. Your first version might have looked like, okay, I'm gonna like introduce these few foods and I'm gonna back off exercise, yada, yada. And your second version might be like, okay, I'm gonna introduce more fear foods. I'm gonna, I'm, now I've introduced fear foods, but now I'm also gonna work on the fear I have around portion control. Little things like that. So we bring it back to basics, like we're starting again and we see if that helps. Very, very rarely. Do we see someone experiencing something, you know, quote unquote abnormal, like period spotting and that kind of thing, and not have going back to the basics actually be the issue, um, actually be the resolution? It's usually what works. Okay, this last one is actually not a Q&A. It might be a bit like lame. You guys might hate it, but that's okay. I just... I went shopping for clothes one day and we, Ashley and I were just really adding more about the importance of having clothes that fit and shopping like into our practice and into our content. I think we underestimated its importance and we're now really bringing it to the forefront. So I'm going to kind of share with you guys some thoughts and things that helped me on a recent shopping trip. Because I really think that if you are listening to this right now and you're still hiding from clothes that don't fit properly or something like that, and you really need to go shopping, this is your pep talk. So enjoy this pep talk. Okay, guys, we are back home. I would say that that shopping trip was a success. I did not buy all of the things just because the price, you know, um, but... I'm happy with it. I really think I had a completely different experience to what I would normally have when I go shopping, um, especially when I feel like the clothes I have at home are feeling tied up. Of course, you, you feel a little bit like worried that like you just create this story that doesn't make sense in your head that things aren't going to look good on you, but that's just not true. You just go and you find new, like the clothes that fit you and it's exactly the same experience. And I think that being re-centered into remembering that what is most critical and most healthy is how you are on the inside. What is most important is how you give and how generous you are and how you care for others. 
those things are hands down by far the most important thing. And recentering myself on like, okay, those are my values. Those are what are most important. Made it like, I was totally fine with the clothes that I thought weren't my vibe or just didn't like sit right and really happy with how everything generally looked. And I actually had a hard time. I had to decide because I was just going to buy everything. If I bought everything I liked, it would have been like a thousand bucks. That stuff ain't cheap, but you know, it was a nice problem to have, to have to choose between clothes because I was happy and felt like, you know, I felt like I can look good no matter what. Like this whole need to be thin thing wasn't the truth. And it was really, it was really, really great to center myself on like, okay, what am I trying to achieve on this trip? What do I want to find? How do I want to feel? Um, and what do I want to, to associate clothes that don't sit right on me? What do I want to associate that with? And that was really, really helpful for me. And then also a note on sizing. I got a bunch of different sizes because I'm never sure after I take that long between shopping trips, I'm never sure what size I'm going to be. I got a variety of different sizes and I fit the biggest of the entire variety and, and it didn't matter. And I've done a lot of work on this already, so this isn't new. It's an arbitrary guide, right? And it doesn't, like, being a size 10 or a size 12 or a size 14 or a size 8 or a size 6, it doesn't mean anything about how the clothing looks like it just doesn't mean anything about how the clothing looks like only we assign that meaning so it was nice to be able to just like use clothing sizing as an organizational tool right because if you didn't have it if we did away with clothing sizing you would be all frustrated you'd be like oh, i wish they had like a, a numbering system here to help me at least get in the ballpark right because all it is is the ballpark you might often fit a size 10 or a size 8, but sometimes you're going to be a 10 or a 6. It's just getting you in the ballpark of where you need to go. And then depending on the item, you go up or down. And that's why they now sell bikinis in like separate top and bottoms are separate because people are different sizes all over. So anyway, it was a good success. I'm excited for the photo shoot and we'll, uh, you guys will see them, the outfits in action soon. Hey there, it's me, Danny, and I want to tell you about Temp Drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option. So many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100% after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So Temp Drop itself is a wearable fertility monitor and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using a good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. 
When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wake-ups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake-up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult. So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place, and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period. And if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify whether or not you are pregnant. So whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, TempDrop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So track your ovulation in real time with the TempDrop, and we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout, that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for anyone and everyone who is, of course, dealing with amenorrhea and fertility challenges out there, but I may even recommend it for just everyone in general. Get your husbands on it. Get your partners on it. If you have a history of HA and add on top of that, maybe a history of the pill, maybe you've been pregnant before, you know, through treatments or other, like you've just, your body's been through anything, you know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, Eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. So I've been using and recommending Grassland Nutrition Beef Liver Capsules for years now, and the capsule form makes it so easy to get your liver in every day, and I appreciate the transparency of this product in particular above others. So in case you're wondering, it's completely natural. This is freeze-dried beef liver in capsules. It's organic. It's made from Australian beef. And my favorite of their products is the liver with kelp because of the iodine from the kelp, which is important for overall thyroid function, which is often low in women with underperforming hormones. So rather than eat seaweed snacks every day, I get to take this beef liver with the kelp 
for my iodine. So if you're recovering or working on a fertility journey right now, do not skimp the nutrient-rich source of beef liver. Get 10% off your order with the HA Society and support your favorite podcast along the way. They ship to most countries, so you should be covered. Just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use HA Society, just HA Society, at the checkout for the 10% off. That's grasslandnutrition.net with the code HA Society. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.